0: Hello, <laughs> nice to see you, David. Or you, hey, anyway.
1: Yeah, it's good to see you too.
0: We're um, we're starting this crazy podcasting, aren't we? Um, we have, and I'm very excited. I've just heard the theme music for the very first time, and it is what I can only describe as extremely jazzy.
1: There's a lot to be said for jazzy. I think we need more jazziness in the Baptist world. I'm I'm all for this.
0: So we're um we're we're here to bring some jazz. And uh, I thought we'd better explain who we were to begin with. So, David, do you want to go first? Who are you?
1: Who am I? That's a good question. Um, I guess, I guess, in the confines of this podcast, we're talking about in a Baptisty sense, are we? I mean, um, so I'm a I'm a Baptist minister. Always feels like a confession. And I'm currently at Shoebriness and thought Bay Baptist Church on the Essex Riviera. And uh, I've been here; it will be ten years this. Um, Uh, october this year 2021 um and before that i was six years at a church in south croydon uh, as part of their team um i i think by the time this goes out i will have just finished my last baptist union council meeting after six years as moderator of our council and 13 years on the group um i've also been moderator for my association done some supervising of newly accredited ministers ministers in training Um, I'm on the steering group or whatever we call it um, for the joint public issues team and really pleased to represent uh, Baptists as part of that. Been involved with Incarnate, the sort of pioneering network uh, back in the day and beyond the Baptist world do a variety of other things for some other charities and school governing and stuff like that. Um, I am an English and drama student, first off, that's my first degree. Before I went to do any theology, um, I'm Enneagram One, if that means anything to the people who are listening to what we're doing. Um, and um, I'm married. I've got two um, smallish children. They're eight and seven. Big fan of the West Wing, huge interest in politics, always got music on in the background. And uh, there's usually some chocolate not far away from whatever I'm doing. So I think that's a fairly good potted something or other about me. Um, but what about you?
0: Well, um, I, I've i got literally a one-line answer. Right oh, <laughs> so no! oh, no! Oh. So my name is Beth Alison Glennie, and um, I'm Baptist Union's Public Issues Enabler. Uh, so I'm also a Baptist minister. also think that you're absolutely right when it sounds like a bit of a confession. Um, uh, I think I've been a Baptist minister for about 10 years now, I think. Um, it's, it's been a while, anyway. Um, I... So I went I went from straight from uh, so I went to uni to do theology as an undergraduate. And that's where I really designed my quarter ministry. Um, having been studying it, I think, through my teenage years, uh, I went to study theology because um, I had all these big questions that I needed to answer. And then through that um really grappled with kind of my church identity as well as those kind of normal student life questions that you kind of meet for the first time being an adult away from home. Uh, and so um, I went from there to I spent a year uh, as a gap year student working for a church as a pastoral assistant in the Episcopal Church in Scotland. So i got a bit of decumenical experience on my belt as well. And that was really good just to get real life, um, really kind of normal, everyday um, and sometimes quite complex pastoral scenarios that just exposed me to the real world before I um, went off and train for ministry. I trained at Regents, and um, I did my MTH there because I'd already done undergrad. And um, yeah, so I spent um, three years at Regents, as a kind of normal ministerial student doing um, minister training at uh, Market Bosworth Free Church in the Midlands. um, So I was their sole pastor, uh, and that was a great experience, just really real. Again, it was um, constantly reflecting on what I was what I was doing so that was fabulous and I really enjoyed that and um most of the time anyway there are those moments where you pull your hair out when you're writing essays at the same time as trying to uh preach a sermon and take a funeral but but, but we came out of that and um and then I um I've had the joy of um uh, being a pastor at John Bunyan Baptist Church for for quite a few years um that was again completely different so I went from this beautiful little market town in the Midlands to um what I can best describe as kind of urban outfit. Um it's not the kind of pretty bit that you see on the flyers. Um our, our building was hidden behind the world's ugliest multi-story car park. And that was um that was great and I loved those people immensely. Um and I moved from there to become the publication Enabler, partly because all those pastoral things that I met I felt like I needed um I needed to change the world for them. I really, you know, I was meeting pastoral stuff. I want to go and change the world. So I've in the uh, public issues Enabler and I work with JPIP. and that might give us a clue into a bit of the next question that's going to come about who, how do we know each other? I suppose, um, but I, I, so I've been working with the public issues team who are Methodists, Baptist, URC, and Church of Scotland, all working together in faith and politics, and it's been, um, it's been great. And I like to have these. Uh, constantly react job i never know what's going to turn up in my inbox in one day and i um i've never known two days the same so it's been a fab fab ride so that's a bit about me oh and i'm married as well um to rob who's an anglican priest i know whisper it quietly it always seems to cause a bit (laughs) of a stir um and i've got two small people um so i'm quite sleep deprived right now (laughs) um i i think i've been up four times last night because my smallest person is only one he's a pandemic baby and um and he's growing all his teeth in one go so uh that's me
1: wow okay Um, so shall we tell the story yeah let's tell the story because i think we well you, you may have a different experience to me but as i recall we were kind of both aware that the other one existed um And we knew each other's name, but we hadn't really had any in-depth conversation at any point um, until we were at a JPIT residential in in Manchester. Uh, Is that right? I mean, if we did have a meaningful conversation before then, I confess to not remembering it. (laughs) Um...
0: (laughs) No, I think I would say that was the best time I met you two. Uh, Although, like you say, in Baptist life, it's hard to be sure. Um, Crucially, I think we really got to know each other in uh, what I describe as Baptist bar. Um, there, there is a point in a in an ecumenical gathering where it seems to be Baptists who are still there, lingering on, like putting the world to rights until the early hours of the morning. And, and there we were, kind of getting to know each other, uh, working out each other's stories and kind of really hearing kind of what we were passionate about and also kind of um, just kind of that shared sense of... of what are we doing here? Why, why are we in this, this union? Why are we part of this denomination? Um, and and kind of reflecting on that together.
1: Mm. And I think, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I would say that we're both quite committed to the, the Baptist movement. It matters to us, uh, our Baptist identity, um, in all the right ways, I would hope. Um, but I think, we both would share some frustrations, you know, the world is not as we would have it be. And um, one of the things that we sort of encouraged each other uh, on through that conversation was just how many fabulous people there are in our Baptist movement. And, you know, every time you might be tempted or well, I speak for myself, I might be tempted to get a little bit despairing about something or other. Um, you just remember how many wise creative kind brilliant people are in this with you and you think this has got to be good there are good things happening here and and we started just throwing out some names i've seen and and just very quickly you end up listing hundreds of people that you think i'm so glad they exist i'm so glad to be in the same tribe as them and it's just such a real encouragement and we don't we know a lot of people that the other one doesn't know as well so that list just grew and grew. And uh, such an encouragement.
0: I think Methodists thought we were a bit odd, didn't they?
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> <Where is that? laughs> you know, so I was like, yeah, they're amazing too. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: so, we were far so too enthusiastic.
0: They... <laughs> Absolutely. So that's really where this came from, wasn't it? That we um, we we kept we kept thinking that actually, what makes us Baptists is the relationships, and and um, that part of why we we stick here, we work hard, we are part of our structures has come down to the idea that we we both just love a lot of people and have been loved by a lot of people in this union. Um, and it's really kind of that fancy. And, and so we we kind of came up with this crazy notion of what would happen if we started to share those stories. Because actually those are the good news stories of our union. That we um how how would we give a platform to say this fantastic person that we know over here if you heard what they're doing what they're about what their heart is for and and so we start gathering all those names and thinking well can we can we get them all and obviously can't get them all not immediately but um, we did we did come up with a little list didn't we of, of saying okay well if we started here what would it be how could we interview people how would this work? What what could we do to showcase some of the fabulous people that we know who keep us here, who keep us picking, who keep us passionate as part of this Baptist movement?
1: And so from that, Something to Declare, the name of our podcast, which I don't think we've actually used yet, um, uh, was born. And uh, it's taken us a little while, you know, it's one of these things that could have just been an idea that never got as far as coming to To fruition but I'm really pleased that we've been able to to get things going. Should as well just name check at this point Harry who's doing all the tech for us and our editing so thank you Harry we appreciate your contributions too even though you might not be heard on the podcast uh, very often. Um, So the plan is that each uh, podcast uh, we're going to say hello and then one of us will have uh, had an interview with somebody um, and then after that, we'll both reflect together a little bit on some of the things that come up in that interview. And uh, we're going to have sort of a season of, of seven or eight episodes to start with, and then uh, we'll have a break, and then we'll come to another season. And uh, I just keep thinking of more people I want to interview. So I've got at least, I don't know, 72 seasons ready <laughs> of names. So uh, <laughs> I think the West Wing part too, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely right. Um, we just need to but, walk you know, away some corridors. <laughs> Yeah, we will definitely need to do some walking along corridors. And I think given that, you know, we we both have a reasonable while, God willing, until we retire, and even then, why should it stop then? You know, (laughs) we've got time. So uh, I think we can include plenty of fabulous people. But Beth, why... Why are you a Baptist?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, the people, I think, actually. I mean, it's, it's just that fancy and that's um, that simple. I, it's a local Baptist church made me a Baptist. Um, so I I gr- grew up from kind of about the age of six or seven in a, a local Baptist church. Uh, in a school hall, uh wasn't particularly big, was a new plant. um, would describe itself, I think, as something kind of what was then a kind of sort of soft charismatic evangelical Baptist church um and they uh they loved me they loved me and um and so big shout out to Kiwi Baptist because I'm a Baptist church because a Baptist minister because of that little Baptist church and I think um they um yeah they just held me and I think as I grew in faith and, and worked out who I wanted to be and, and what I was about um, I got baptized and I was I was 14 when I got baptized and, and at that point they had this big conversation that if you were getting baptized and you were adult enough to make the decision to become a believer, then you also were adult enough to become part of the church meeting. and so I um became a church member at the same time as I was baptized um, and I think that's probably standard practice for most people, but it was a big conversation that they had because I was quite a lot younger than anybody else they baptized before. I, I loved it. I loved it. It really meant the absolute world to me that I was entrusted into this corporate decision-making process. Um, and so I I wrote in my ministry recognition presentation, which I found the other day when I was moving offices around um, to create myself a space to work from home, as we all are at the moment in these uh, pandemic times. I, I found this presentation that I gave to MINREC all about how passionate i was about the church meeting and how this was obviously the reason i was a baptist um i think uh i think reality may have tempered my enthusiasm a little since then um, but i i think i am still uh, deeply committed to the principles i i come back to those um so i i did theology university in, an, in a very ecumenical setting with a lot of friends from a lot of different places so i really scrutinized my baptist identity at that point and um I'm married to an Anglican priest. Um, so what everybody else calls ecumenical dialogue we call breakfast. And and so I think but <laughs> a lot of a lot of us, are like I, I think for me it was really a case of really understanding why why this church, you know, would be a lot easier to go and be part of, of a assisted denomination in many ways. And I think it's perhaps not a coincidence, and I've, I've ended up working ecumenically. Um but this church has got its ideals right. And for me, it's about principle principle really matters and so for me it's about the you know that kind of freedom to believe to make that decision for ourselves i think that works really well in our current missional climate and then i also think um yeah this this kind of hope for me of of kind of this declaration of principle um you know we talk about something to declare and i think one of the things we've got to declare often the people that we are surrounded with is this um funny little hermeneutic that we have um that probably people don't know much about unless they go to college, to become Baptist ministers, have to sort of sign their name under the bottom of. Um, and this idea that um, Jesus is revealed through Scripture. And, uh, um, and each church has this role in discerning what that means. Um, yep. Yeah. So I'm really passionate about that. This idea that we have this kind of constantly provisional but also very deeply personal and hopeful corporate way of knowing god together and um yeah i think it's really cool bit of a bit of a geeky baptist here <laughs>
1: <laughs> well we love that there's got to be space for some geeky baptists um i think i would share some of that in that the local church is the reason why i found my home where i found it so my family uh, not big churchgoers but my mum went to the local toddler group. That was at the Baptist church. You know, we went along to Harvest Festival and I got stuck in from there, really. And this church, Brentwood Baptist Church, um, they loved me and cared for me and supported me and encouraged me. And then when we had some interesting family situations and um, life was difficult for a while, um, I don't think it would be any exaggeration to say that the church was my safe place in that time and was the place where I could just be myself and I felt totally loved and it was just such a special safe secure nourishing environment for me Uh, I was then very blessed when I went to university to connect with two fab baptist churches uh, one of which is a, a very small church that um sent me into ministry. You you need a court church that supports you. And they paid for almost all of my fees for Theological College, even though I think only two of the church members there were full-time wage earners. And one of those was the minister, you know, real, such practical love and support. And the fact that these people were willing to invest in me in that way really spoke to me. Both those churches gave me uh, positions of leadership. I was a deacon when I was 17 in Brentwood. And then uh, 19 when I was at the uh, North Winchester Community Church. So very, very blessed to have had some fab ministers, youth workers, and just people in the church who've been very kind and supportive. I guess then going to college really helped me work out which bits of the Baptist identity really resonate sort of with the depth of my spirit and which bit, you know, push came to shove, I could live without if Baptist disappeared, you know, and very (laughs) much committed to the church being free from the state uh very much part of my conviction around that I mean I was at college when Nigel Wright was the principal at Spurgeon's and that's one of his big things so I guess that makes sense um I'm quite the church here would say I was quite Anglican in my practice and we do a lot with the liturgical calendar and and various other things that um I enjoy doing but very committed to that I mean so if the church of England was to become disestablished I think that would raise a lot of questions for a lot of us in a number of ways. Um but yeah very committed I say the principles the ideals are just so wonderful for this moment it seems to me that we should be just able to meet this moment in the most wonderful way. And and then it gets to the stage where even when something feels a bit difficult you think no this is my tribe this is my uh group that I've committed to and for me I take that commitment really seriously and uh Rupert Lazar who's a, a friend and perhaps we'll get him on the podcast at some point a uh, former president of the union he he often talks about being a family man in the sense of just having that this is my family and I'm committed to it and um I resonate with that sort of commitment so uh but yeah it's just a joy and I um couldn't be happier to be part of it even if there are times where you know it's frustrating uh, as well (laughs) we might pick out some of those bits as we go through the (laughs) season together one of the things we're going to do beth towards the end of all our interviews of course is to we're going to ask two questions to everybody so everyone will get to answer these two questions. Um, but we thought it probably wasn't fair to uh, ask everybody else those questions if we didn't have some sort of a go at answering those ourselves. Um, so the first one is, if you if you had one thing to declare to the union in this moment, what would it be? Now, I know kind of, you know, you're on a payroll, but no one's going to be listening. So say what you like. It's fine. Um, <laughs> what would what's the one thing you would want to declare to the union right now
0: i would say you have a far greater capacity to create change than you ever realize that you do both in the world and in the church so step out in faith
1: that's a good thing to declare amen to that
0: um so david if you had one thing to declare to the union what would it be
1: I've really had to think hard about this because there's so, so many. And yet at the same time, I almost don't want to say anything. But I think the thing that keeps coming back to me is I would say that we need to rediscover um, a level of kindness and civility and relationship building that makes our life together, not just functional. I think, it's been going on for years. We strip out all the time to be together because it becomes it saves money and it saves time. But actually, you strip out the relationships and you strip out the life together. And mm. I think all the other things become easier when we embrace that relationship building as an intentional thing. We need to waste time together. We need to. Uh, it's like if I may do a short illustration. I know I'm going on. A, bit with what should be a one sentence answer (laughs) but I'm just about to finish BU Council after a long time and six years as moderator and I've met so many brilliant people for me that has been just the most tremendous gift and I'm grateful to God for it but nobody asks any questions nobody asks things about the agenda in preparation everyone demands something. no just Mm. the tone has changed and and I that's not a thing that I think Uh, encourages me so that would be the sort of thing I would want to declare right now more kindness more relationship more sitting in the bar more space to be and to grow together the second question yeah sorry
0: I was going to ask it to you so you go first if you like
1: oh no okay um go on ask me um if
0: you think Baptists have one thing to declare to the world what would it be
1: and this is where I, I should have thought about it because I'd have liked you to go first on this one so I could sort of riff on what you say. <laughs> um, but if Baptists have one thing to declare to the world in this moment, what would it be? I, I find this really hard. I, I think the way we do life together has so much to say. It's at this Every voice is needed. Every person matters. I, not everywhere works like this. I think we take it for granted. You know, seeking the mind of Christ is a communal activity for us. We discern together. It's right there at the beginning of our declaration of principle. And I just think that's so important. Ultimately, of course, the thing that we declare to the world is that Jesus Christ is Lord and everything else is Uh, second to that and flows from that even. Uh, But Beth, what about you? If you think Baptists have one thing to declare to the world, what would it be?
0: Well, I've also written down Jesus um, in my notes. But whilst we obviously think Jesus is the best thing ever, I think we've also got something really important to, um, in our method of, of how we approach this, that we say you are free to discern who Jesus is for yourself, that there's no pressure here uh to to be baptized we're not going to force you it's not going to be something that happens to you at birth there's only ever an invitation to faith um i think that's something really special and precious that we have to offer into our world at the moment so uh, i think that's a good start
1: i'm so pleased that we're doing this i'm really excited to be doing this with you and i'm looking forward to listening to and learning from all the people that we're going to hear from on the podcast
0: and so we're um we're, we're riffing now from someone else from the OBM the Order of Baptist Ministry Order of Baptist Ministry I feel like getting that wrong is going to be a point on this, Lee. Um, but we, we we're gonna um the OBM has this fantastic collect, so we've got this blessing that um comes from the Order of Baptist Ministry and and really uh, names something about who we are as covenanted Baptists together. So we're gonna close with this, aren't we, together? And we I did jokingly say in the prep that we. We're being, going to be a bit like Harry Potter, and I realise that um, Harry Potter is probably one of those things that just don't agree on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just this bit throw that out there at this
1: stage. We <laughs> just lost our three
0: listeners. Controversial from the beginning, okay? Um, so we've got there's a bit in Harry Potter where they talk about singing the song together, and everybody picks their own their own tune and their own rhythm and their own pace, and, and it just kind of it's all um, it's all a bit um all over the shop that it's it's joyful and i always think that kind of the co- cacophony that is a joyful noise to the modern. um so we're going to do baptist liturgy style which is going to be a bit uh harry potter's song so shall we have a go
1: let's give it a go i'm up for that
0: okay. living god
1: living god in a, enable in a, us this day, day,
0: to be pilgrims, to and, pilgrims companions,
1: and companions
0: committed, committed to the way of to the Christ. Way
1: of Christ
0: faithful to the call of Christ, Christ. discerning the mind of Christ, Christ. offering offering welcome welcome of Christ, Christ. growing Growing in the
1: likeness of Christ, Christ. engaging
0: in the the mission mission
1: of Christ,
0: Christ. in the world world that
1: belongs belongs to to Christ. Amen and Amen thank you so much for putting that together i look forward to that being the ending to our podcast um and maybe we'll be entirely in sync at some point uh, um but who knows something to work on over the weeks i would doubt it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be
0: the joy though, won't
1: it? <laughs> it will. It will. um well uh lovely to see you and thank you, uh, you. to
0: everybody who's tuned in for
1: this um, Absolutely.
0: Uh, rollercoaster of the first episode naught.
1: Yep, yep. And uh, episode one will we'll drop a few weeks after this, and where we'll be interviewing one of our fabulous colleagues, um, we're not entirely sure, uh, who will be episode one yet, so tune in to find out when we get that far. And
0: if we're asking you, obviously the answer is yes, I'd love to come on, and this is obviously going to be a great experience for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh totally yeah i mean you know if, if you say anything other than yes i mean we're going to be very disappointed and uh, yeah but do come on we'd love you to be on
0: you can tell we're baptists with literally because we've done the dismissal and then we carry on talking for another yep. time. <laughs>
1: brilliant
0: go needs to love and serve the lord amen
1: <laughs> amen all right my friend speak to you soon
0: see you soon